wanting to um, mirror that before the boys. And it's not easy. Like, because there are many times where, like, I don't want to show weakness. I want them to um, see me as the strong dad who, you know, can. <laughs> Welcome back to Life with Games podcast. I am Emmanuel. And I am Esther. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if this is your first time joining us, uh, thank you so much for clicking that play button. Um, if you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe and rate us um, on whatever platform you're on. Um, if you're just wondering kind of who we are, um, we've been married for almost 10 years, have four kids. And we've done a lot of life together. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been so, together for 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. Been married for 10, mm-hmm. almost 10. Um, and so on this podcast, we just share our lives, um, mess and all, the good and the bad, um, and just share how Jesus is kind of the, not kind of, he is the crimson cord that holds it all together. And so each week, we start with the best thing I heard this week. So I mean, Thanks for jumping in. Hey, what's the best thing you heard this week? Best thing I heard this week was music. Um, It's a CD that I've been, well, not a CD, an album I've been listening to over and over again. That Jasmine Tate. um, Oh, yeah. Live in some winery. It's like two years old. um, But I was just listening to it this week. And it's just refreshing. Sometimes you just need to hear different music. and so she's been out of my rotation for a minute, but listening to her again. Uh, so I really enjoyed that album. Um, been following her recently on Instagram and just like who she is becoming a uh, very outspoken young artist um, about her faith and about just what God is doing in and through her. Um, so Jasmine Tate, the best thing I heard this week. Cool. Yep. Esther, what's the best thing you've heard this week? The best thing I heard this week was red. Um, the color? No. Oh. The action. <laughs> um, so this week, this past week, I did a five-day gallon water challenge, which meant that every day I challenged myself to drink a gallon of water, which exceeds my actual necessary intake because you're supposed to drink half of your um, body weight in ounces and so kind of as accountability I posted um, each day's beginning and end on Instagram yeah Instagram and it was interesting to see that by the second or third day I think it was day two and I was like hey you know I'm still taking partners for this challenge kind of like a you know statement Mm -hmm. I ended up having Four, a total of five people by the end of the week who said they would join in in the challenge. Um, and so they, one of them was your brother, actually. Oh. Um, so they all like DM'd me and say, hey, you know, what's the challenge? What do I need to do? Or they just said, I'm on it. Um, and then one person actually started posting on their Instagram you know, their water bottles. So I thought that was really good to see how people engaged, not just to engage but it's helping them like it's good for their health so that was the best thing i read <laughs> yeah, i remember I, don't, I think you had 
I think you had uh, reposted it on your stories or something, mm-hmm. or I may follow that person. I don't remember. Um, but just the whole uh, 50,000 bathroom runs. And oh, yeah. 4 a.m. bathroom runs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All that good stuff. Um, so, yeah. Good job, babe. That's cool. I'll probably do it again very soon. Yeah. And we'll try not to drink your water this time. I know. Oh, my gosh. We kind of sabotaged it at the end. Because <laughs> I don't. Yeah, because you like cold water and I don't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so let's transition into today's topic. Um, and so I'll kind of be in the driver's seat today. Um, so on the heels of Father's Day and um, the NBA draft where um, we saw... Uh, of course, number one pick, um, Zion, went to uh, New Orleans and got emotional and thanking his mom and all that. Um, and then I think the second and third pick, um, they both, oh, when they were father, interviewed, son? yeah, they yeah. both um, like expressed emotion <gasps> towards their father, their father towards them. And there was another pick. I don't know what number he was. Um, I just saw it, um, I think, on Instagram. Um, where I guess his father had passed um, earlier in his life, but he still honored and thanked his father for everything that um, his father had given him. Mm. Um, And so all those things um, and even just life um, just had me reflecting on my role as a father um, and asking myself the question, like, what type of men do I want to raise? And, um, wanting to, um, so in light of that question, um, I was forced to kind of go back and look at my childhood, look at the examples that, um, I had before me. And, um, when I think about that question, I'm forced to, um, think through what, like how the boys are learning from me now, um, because it's one thing to um, it's one thing to teach them vocally what it means to be a man, what it means to have responsibility and all of that. Um, but they learn they will learn mostly what it looks like to be a man from my behavior, from my actions. Um, and so I'm constantly asking myself, what example am I putting forth before them? Um, like what type of life am I living um, that they are going to emulate? Um, and so it just had me think about my own relationship with my father. Um, and those that know me um, as a spoken word poet, I'm actually written a poem about it um, a number of years ago, um, just about the dynamic and some of the details of our relationship. Um, but basically growing up, my father was my idol. Like he was the person that I emulated and wanted to emulate my life after, um, next to Michael Jordan. Cause my dad, he could play a little bit of ball, but not <laughs> Ooh, like that. Um, watch that. Hey, he knows it. <laughs> I started beating him when I was like 10 and never stopped. Um, but yeah, so Yeah. So my dad was my idol growing up. Um, And what that looked like for me was he was the perfect picture of strength. Um, He never showed weakness, um, never let any of his flaws kind of seep through his cape 
as super dad. Um, and so he was perfect in my eyes. Like I never saw the weakness, um, the struggles, any of that. Um, and so, so my father fell in a way that um, basically shattered our entire family, like my entire family. Um, everybody was impacted by it. And this was um, kind of the first time I saw him in a not Superman um, position. And so because of that, like it rocked my world. Like I was devastated by what happened and it took years, um, years salvation and a whole lot of grace and mercy from the Lord um, to restore that. Um, And so in thinking about that, like early on when I was becoming a father, when I was a father, um, I used to always say, like, I don't want to be like my dad um, because of kind of this this fall. Um, and so. It wasn't so because your dad, it was just you didn't want to be your dad, not because his whole life was just a mess, but it was because of the fact that he was an idol to you and seemed impenetrable, impenetrable and seemed perfect. And then bam, like you didn't want to be your dad and that you didn't want to, your kids to perceive you as perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause a lot of people would say, I don't want to be like my dad. It's like, well, I don't want to be a drug addict. I don't want to be this, or, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't want to, um, basically I didn't want to put my kids through what, my dad put us through. Gotcha. Um, and so, um, yeah, because there were a lot of good things that I could glean that I have gleaned from my father, from his example. Um, even after the fall, like I think that's one thing um, is that I think I learned more about God um, post his fall mm-hmm. than I did prior to um, mm-hmm. because I saw the redeeming power of God. I saw how God is still able to use broken people for his glory um, Mm. and forgiveness and all of that. Um, So yeah, so there's definitely things, a lot of good that I've been able to glean from my father. Um, But just in that one area, I said, I didn't want to be like my father. Um, And so for me, what that looked like was I didn't want to paint this picture before my children of a perfect father. Um, because one thing I've learned is um, no matter what the idol is, idols fall, mm. especially when you are pointing someone towards Christ. And Christ has already said, like, there will be no other gods before me. Right. Right. And so um, because I knew that if I allowed myself to be set up as an idol before my children, um, then at some point in life, like it may not be as grand as my father's or whatever um or as some people but at in some area at some point in time i will fall from that position um and i don't want it to devastate our relationship or their relationship with god Mm. um so putting myself in the right position to um to shepherd them to lead them but also to show them um a whole man brokenness and all so 
how, what does that mean? Like, how do you not put yourself in the position to be of becoming an idol to the boys or to your kids for you people listening? Yeah. Um, as a father, especially. Yeah. It, it takes courage um, because culture has um, painted this picture of kind of two things. Well, I'll, I'll stick with the positives. So it paints this picture of um, the perfect father who is always there, always present, always providing, um, loving, joking, like all of that. Um, and then you have those pictures of um, fathers who kind of overcome these seemingly insurmountable mm. trials and then come and kind of rescue the family or whatever. Um which I think there is truth to both of those, but for us and for me, um, like my aim is not to point them to me, but to point them to my God. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in these scenarios, like I have to show them that God is the source of my success, Mm -hmm. but he's also, um, the strength that helps me get through times when I am weak. So that means I have to show them and, let them see me when I am weak. Mm. Um, like I remember, I don't remember who was teaching, um, but somebody was teaching on um, Jesus in the garden and how um, like he allowed his disciples to see him in his weakness. And mm. he also allowed them to hear his prayers to his father mm. asking for help in this season or, you know, in that moment. Um, and so that always stood out as an example of fatherhood or mentorship or whatever. Um, like Jesus allowed those closest to him, his sons in the ministry, if you want to call them that, um, to see, like he said, look, I am struggling in this moment. Like he let them see that. But then at the same time, he let them see and hear how he deals with that and how he dealt with that was going to the father. Um, oh, that's a word. Yeah. And so like wanting to um, mirror that before the boys and it's not easy, like because there are many times where like I don't want to show weakness. I want them to um, see me as the strong dad who, <laughs> you know, can not just open jars that mommy can't, but that can you know, fix stuff and kill snakes and like all these things. Like, and I think it's okay to desire the, um, the admiration, I guess, of your children and wanting your sons to say, I want to be like my dad. Um, but making sure that it's in the proper context of, I want to be like my dad because God is the one that's doing X, Mm. Y, and Z through him Mm -hmm. um so it's like if they can see that it's god that's the source of everything that i am then like i'm okay with them saying i want to be like daddy um but oftentimes like we leave whether it's intentional or unintentional we leave our faith out of it and it's just Mm -hmm. they just see my dad is a superhero like he got in trouble got out of it or he lost his job but found a new job but they don't see and hear, you know, daddy up at four and five o'clock in the morning in the word, praying, mm-hmm. crying out to God, being accountable to his brothers and 
like they don't hear all of that stuff. And I think that's what's needed um, in terms of like raising men to not just see their father as idols, but to see their father as shepherds was simply caring for the sheep of someone else and mm. pointing them to the the true shepherd. Um, do you do you feel what do you think the boys think of you now? Um, Are you an idol or do they see your source? I think in this season, um, honestly, I don't know if they see my source as much. Um, I think I communicate. Well, I don't want to assume anything for them, but like, and it's kind of jumping down in the notes, um, but like you had made the note about um, like apologies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like even this past week, um, I didn't tell you this, so this might be a <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but um, like Justice, he's uh, for whatever reason, since I've started shaving my head, he just sees it as a target. And so like he'll <laughs> run and jump and either slap my shoulder or try to slap the back of my head and like one day like i was um it had been a long day at work and i think you were gone or something and he runs up runs behind me and this time he slapped my shoulder but he slapped the mess out of it um and so in reflex like i just chopped him in the neck like i I don't know. Like he slapped me and my other arm just chopped him in the neck. Um, what did he do? Like I, I had said something to the effect of like, don't do that. And like just chopped him or whatever. And then, um, did like he cry? a minute or two later, no, like he walked off and I, I don't know if he was shocked or oh, what, um, my gosh. but like, so I went back to him mm. and apologized and explained, um, kind of, why I reacted and why he shouldn't do that, but apologizing for um, for your reflexes. Yeah. For the the (laughs) way that I reflect reacted. Um, I was here. I think I heard something about going up, you know, just go up to people's heads and smack them or something. Was that it? I don't think so. Like I said, like it's it's happened on a number of occasions. Just this time I wasn't in the the headspace. Is it wrong to reciprocate actions? Yes. Um, We can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so in that moment, um, allowing him to see me apologize, mm-hmm. um, recognizing that I was wrong, um, because we've talked about um, forgiveness and mm-hmm. stuff like that in terms of our faith and how Jesus forgives and um, teaching the boys to apologize and show forgiveness towards one another um, as a reflection of Christ. Um, and so I think like in that moment, um, like he saw my source mm-hmm. um, I think there have been other moments where. Um, oh, what? Basketball tournament. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, every once in a while, it seems like once a year, um, some request will come and it'll pull me out of uh, retirement. But I'm retired. Um, but it was a year or two ago we were at. Um, I've been invited to play in this basketball tournament and um, it was like a wheelchairs right this is no, it well that was halftime so it was old school versus new school 
Um, oh, that's that right. That was the right. game. And um, like in warmups, like I was, I was hitting, I was cooking. But in the game, like I just couldn't hit nothing. And I was fine with it because like, you know, you still play defense, you still make plays. And it is what it is. Like, I wasn't going out there trying to be a superstar. It just shot wasn't falling. Mm-hmm. Um, but Esther told me that uh, JC was over on the sidelines on the verge of tears because I kept missing. Uh, and he, he, I wish I would have recorded because he was sitting next to me and slumped over. Like, his shoulders were, like, slumped down. Mm-hmm. And every time you miss, he'd be like, oh, man. And, like, hands on his head, like, and I'm like, JC. And he looked at me, and he's got tears in his eyes. And I was like, Why, what's going on? He's like, daddy keeps missing every shot. And I was like, oh, my word. Like, you were, like... You are MJ. You are the best. Because, I mean, whenever you guys play, he's seen you play with other kids, like, in yeah. the other neighborhood when we, our AC went out. Like, he's all like, yeah, my dad's the best. But this moment broke him. He was like, oh. And so I talked to him then. idol falling. Yes, it, it felt hard. It's <laughs> not that hard. Not. Babe. <laughs> <laughs> what did y'all say? Goose eggs? Like... Mm. <laughs> Like, no, I think I had a bucket or two. Um, I think you did in the wheelchairs, which is probably uh, not what I need to say. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, like it, I really had to walk him through that conversation about like, it's okay for us to fail. Like, it's not just about daddy making shots. He's on a team. Like, he's got people who he can help and do assist and He's not always going to make, he's not always going to be perfect. Like he's going to miss shots. Didn't you miss shots when you had basketball and kind of walk through that. So just showing grace. That was yeah. the end message. Yeah. So I had, um, so you told me that after the game and um, I had kind of pulled him to the side and was talking to him um, and was just pointing out to him, like he was distraught about my performance. Um, but I had asked him, I was like, but did you see me like hang my head? Did you see me pout and complain? Mm. Um, and he was like, no. And I was like, all right. Like, cause I'm not, like you said, like I'm not perfect. I'm not going to hit every shot, but I understand that there are other parts of the game that I can um, contribute to. And so like I pointed out um, like towards the end of the game, like oh, there were some key yes. rebounds and steals and stuff that like I played a part in that helped to seal the game. Um, you did th- those are really good I got I got a little game you got a good eye like you can um, see the floor but yeah so um, just helping him to see like allowing him to see me fail mm-hmm. and but at the same time like just being willing to try like even um, like with the wheelchair thing at halftime um, I had never ridden in a wheelchair um, but they had me go out there or had us go out there and compete against um some uh special olympics special olympics it was a wheelchair team like Mm -hmm. they're um had different uh things going on where they were bound to a wheelchair and um, they had a basketball team and we played against them um and we got our butts whooped Mm -hmm. but i was okay like i was willing to try something and not be great at it 
Um, and I did that mostly for the, uh, for the boys, like to mm. show them that, like, it's okay to try something new and not be good at it the first mm. time you try. Um, so like allowing them to see kind of the humanity of it all. Um, and I think that's, um, another key aspect of fatherhood in, um, taking off the cape of, I want to be the perfect father for them, but allowing them to see you fail, see how you handle failure to see how you handle, um, even like dry seasons in your faith. Um, like when they see me for a season, you know, up early every morning praying within the word. And then there's another season where they're having to wake me up, uh, because I've overslept, but then seeing me, crawl back to that devotion time um, where they start to see me going back to those morning prayers and the time in the word. Um, And so allowing them to see that journey. And I think even communicating to them at different times, like there have been times where I've told them, I look like daddy has just been tired lately. Um, Like I haven't been praying the way that I should um, talking to God, reading his word. Mm -hmm. uh, But I'm still, trying Mm. um and so i think communicating that to the boys um even to anaya as well but allowing them to see like Mm. it's not always skittles and rainbows like sometimes there are dry seasons and this is what it looks like to trust god through that Mm. what has hmm. i guess my question is what are some practical ways that you have prevented idolatry in front of the boys? Like you mentioned trying new things so they know that it's okay to do something and fail. Um, You mentioned apologizing. Is there anything else that you have caught yourself intentionally doing for the purpose of showing them like, Daddy is strong, but he's also weak. And in my weakness, this is where my strength comes from. Even Um, if it's like an example. Yeah. um, I think for me, like one thing I've been intentional about is service. Um, Like serving them, serving you, serving this family, serving other people. Um, Because like if anything, because they know... um, like I get tired. Mm-hmm. Um, like they know, like they can just look at me and say, Oh yeah, daddy's tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them to see that and then to see me um, either get up and clean the kitchen or cook dinner or go outside and play with them. Um, like I think part of, part of that shows them um, like, even in weakness, like there is still a strength to do Damn. what needs to be done. Um, but I think there, one thing I can improve on is bringing that into conversation. Um, like sharing how, like, yes, I'm tired. Um, but like God gives us the strength to mm. push through when we are tired. Mm. Um, like he gives me, and I think I, I know I've talked to the boys about this before, about when I've been 
um, like short or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and just talking to them about how, um, like guys, I haven't had the patience that I need. Um, but I am praying and asking God to help me to be patient with you guys mm-hmm. in this moment. Um, like we have had those conversations. Um, so kind of communicating where our behavior, where my behavior and, um, the gospel or my faith combined Mm. Um, and so not just letting them see the behavior of the suck it up attitude and just do it Mm. but saying it's not just a suck it up attitude and do it it's a I'm trusting that God is giving me the strength to do what needs to be done because he's called me to be a father to be a shepherd um, to be a servant and so I believe that he's giving me the grace to do these things Um, so I think having more of a marriage between the behavior and the motivation behind it right. and communicating that to the boys. Um, I feel I, like, sorry. Good. I think that is going, that is key because it's reflective of the faith that we believe is counter, <clears throat> excuse me. It's counter cultural because in our society it's, you know, I'm grinding and we all know that just means like, I'm MIA for this season because I'm trying to stack paper. I'm trying to, I guess the new phrase is um, bags, like getting bags or whatever. So it's all of this focus on I'm working hard so that I can accomplish this goal. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. And the keyword being I. Yeah. And so there's this focus, there's this internal focus in society, which goes against the word because we can do all that if we want to, but the reality is we're limited beings. At some point, exhaustion is going to hit. Mm-hmm. At some point, dehydration is going to hit. Like your body's going to break down because it has limits. So when we go beyond that and say, you know what? This is a goal that I'm accomplishing in this season. And in those times of weakness, I'm depending on the Holy Spirit, not just to help me accomplish my goal, but give me some sense to say, okay, it's time for you to rest. You know what I mean? Like he gives us wisdom. And so I feel like that is what will be the difference in us in terms of believers raising their kids in the aspect of strength and weaknesses. Is that saying, hey, if this is the goal that we're accomplishing and this is the, for you, the, the, well, it is a goal. You, you want to show your source is Christ in those moments of contention when you do feel like, oh man, like I'm tired, I'm weak, but you know what? No, I'm going to suck it up. Or it's like, no, I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit to help me in this moment mm-hmm. who will then help me communicate to my sons, you know, this is what it is. And just maybe, the Holy Spirit will move and they'd be like, you know, daddy, let's help you with the dishes. You know what I mean? Like there is this, it's bigger than what we see in society. Yeah. I think even um, going back to something you said a minute ago, um, we kind of started segueing into that. Um, it made me think of, I think it's Proverbs where it talks about, you know, what profits a man to gain the world yet lose his soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when, we fail to um, help our children see Christ in our story. Um, and they just see 
the success on success on success, mm. then like we are showing them that it's okay to gain the world at the expense of your soul because they don't see where my faith is impacting my success That's or my good. gaining of influence or whatever. Um, so I think it's, it can be deadly to, um, because there are countless, you know, millionaires and people that are out doing it. Um, and for some, like if you don't, um, like if you don't follow them or know them up close, like you don't know the, uh, kind of the interwoven faith that Mm -hmm. drives all that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as, especially for your children, like they have to see that faith intertwine with everything that you do. Um, Otherwise they just see the hustle and they want to follow the hustle. Right. Um, But they need to be able to say, like, I see the hustle, but I also see the faith that drives the hustle. Right. The faith that, um, that pulls back on the hustle. Like you said, when mm-hmm. there, there needs to be times of rest and times of just trusting God with, um, you know, with getting the fruit or getting the overflow or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I think there needs to be like this intentional effort to say, yes, we grind. Yes, we work hard. Yes, we overcome obstacles, but it is our faith that is interwoven into every fabric of our journey. And so you can't see me as successful. You can't see me as an overcomer. You can't see me as an amazing father without at the same time seeing my faith flowing through each and every one of those areas. Yeah. And I think that is um, the difference between believing fathers and those who don't believe in Christ, um, who are not following who are not following Christ. Um, well, I would say not just because you can have believing fathers who don't give credit where credit is due. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but I mean, for the sake of this argument, like if you're a believer, like this should be your aim. Should like be this the is the standard phrase. that you are called to is that you are showing your children your faith through your life. Um, where they see, like I said, they see your faith woven into every part of it. Whereas a non-believer, like they don't have, they, that's not something they have to think about. They just mm-hmm. get to show the child the hustle and say, Hey, follow me, do what I do. I'm passing the baton to you. But as a believer, like if our ultimate aim is the salvation of our children and not just their success in the world, mm-hmm. then I think it's critical that we show them how our faith is interwoven into every part of our lives. Yes. Because with that faith, there'd be favor. Sometimes you don't have to work that hard and just be like, you know what? Blessings. But you you still got to (laughs) work. Faith without work today. (laughs) Still got to work. Yeah, so in no way is this... um, a cop out for not uh striving not wanting to be the best example that you can for your children like in no way Mm -mm. is it a a cop out it's actually i think a um a call up to a higher standard um in whatever it is that you're doing is to make sure that at the same time you're pointing your children back to your father 
Um, and I think that's what um, generational fatherhood should look like. It is mm. the passing on of your faith to the next generation. Um, it's and- almost like what belief said. It's like recognizing or remembering that you are sons. And that basically means like you have a dependency and a gratitude and an honor to bestow upon your father. And for that's your heavenly father, which then, yeah, it just reminded me of that episode. So you are, remember that you are sons. Yeah, it's in the, I don't know if that's the the exact phrase, but it was a belief in fatherhood. It might have been Preston Perry's. But you remember the three videos? The Father's Day specials. Yeah. yeah. And Belief had made a comment about he realized, like, as a father, he had forgotten that he's still a son, the call to be a son mm-hmm. to his own father. And I feel like when we're glorifying God, when you're seeking to, you know, show your sons, like, you know, this is where my faith intertwines and all these things. You're in essence showing your sons, like, I'm showing you who my daddy is. You know, I'm his son. This is what he does. Yeah. That it's okay to, uh, to be dependent. Right. And it's not, um, like it is breaking that false idea of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. Um, and so for us, like, it's not, um, yeah, it's not us pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, but it's us showing that, look, Jesus picked me up by my bootstraps. Right. He gave me the boots. He gave me the shoe strings. <laughs> he, he gave, gave me, me the, the ability to, oh. ha- to hold on <laughs> to the straps. Like he is in the midst of all of yeah. it. Um, and I think that's what, yeah, that's what we as fathers are called to, um, yeah. is to leave that godly inheritance of neediness like that's something i think i've talked about on previous episodes is like as believers like we are needy and i think it's important to show our children that neediness isn't um a negative thing in this in terms of our faith Mm -hmm. and needing god being in a place of vulnerability with god and needing him um i think it's another conversation to just be out in the world and just be needy and cry baby and all that stuff um but yeah, so I think my final thought on this, I wrote it down because I wanted to communicate it. Um, <clears throat> so one thing that you'll hear us say often on this podcast is um, we strive to make God normal in the home. Um, and regarding fatherhood, one way that we can do that is to show our children the source behind our success, the comforter in our suffering, the true strength that picks us up by our bootstraps. And that person is Jesus. Um, And so as you strive to make God normal in your home as a father, um, even as a mother, um, allow your children to see your faith lived out. Um, Show them how your faith impacts your work, how it impacts your ability as a parent, as a spouse, um, as a friend, as a sibling um, to your, you know, to their aunts and uncles or whatever it may be, um, allow them to see how your faith is intertwined into every aspect of your life. And I think those are seeds that um, by God's grace can bear the fruit of salvation and a flourishing faith in their lives. Good job, babe. 
Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's um, that's all I got. I just wanted to share um, just some of my thoughts on fatherhood. Um, not a perfect father, but my father is perfect. And on that note. Wait, we got to tell them. The oh, yeah. Us. Sorry. <laughs> I'm following my eyelids. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode. Um, hopefully you guys were encouraged or challenged. Um, wives, if you've listened to this podcast, um, don't nag your husband, but just encourage him uh, <laughs> to listen to this episode. And maybe you guys can sit down and have a conversation. Play it um, on your next time in the car together. Some, yeah. And guys, if uh, this was encouraging to you, send it to one of your brothers um, and, you know, maybe they'll be encouraged as well. Uh, If you don't already subscribe to our podcast, um, just hit that subscribe button. Uh, Feel free to leave us comments um, either on iTunes or on our Facebook page, Life with Gains podcast at Facebook. Um, You can even shoot us a message, shoot us a DM on Instagram. Uh, We'd love to just hear Mm -hmm. um, how these episodes are impacting you um follow us on instagram at life with gains podcast you can follow me at life with underscore emmanuel and you can follow esther me at two aiming for arrows and those are numbers guys just saying number two aiming number four arrows right so follow her um she doesn't plug herself much but she actually has a, um, she's teaching art, uh, Comic-Con oh. art. Superheroes, superhero logos. Yes, if you are local on this Saturday evening at 4 p.m., I am teaching a very light-hearted, um, kind of like a pain sip night without the sip. Because <laughs> kids, kids are allowed to come. And it's just... Um, you get to choose which superhero logo you would like to paint, and you get to paint it during that time. You do have to pre-register, um, and so I will post somehow um, that link in the subscription, I guess. Yes? Can you do that? In the what? Wait. <laughs> In the description yes, of the episode? Yes. Oh, yeah, we could do that. Okay. Yeah, so it's July. Uh, babe. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's this Saturday, <laughs> June 29th. Um, go to her Instagram page, and she'll have a post up about it yes. um, where you can register and all that. Uh, but just wanted to plug that in because uh, my baby works hard. And now she Try to state that paper. Yes. <laughs> um, we're trying to raise money for our 10-year anniversary, so... Y'all sew into what she's doing. And if you want to, y'all can just sew into our marriage. Feel free. Um, But yeah, so on that note, I am Emmanuel. You beat me. And I am Esther. Join us next time as together we shuffle through this crazy life with games.